0: Ashley Campbell.
1: I'm Jeremy Fusey.
0: This is Holy Media.
1: Welcome to episode two.
0: Yeah, welcome to episode two, everybody. And this episode, we're going to talk about comic books. But first, beer. Yes, is fine, but give me lots of beer.
1: Well, it's week two and I'm already breaking the rules. Um... <laughs> So instead of a beer i'm gonna go with a cocktail today that i would recommend to everyone because it is quite refreshing i'm drinking a moscow mule so
0: because i <laughs> actually am sticking to the rules i am drinking a chocolate peanut butter porter nice uh by duclaw brewing company out of baltimore maryland the name of this beer is uh, Sweet Baby Jesus. I thought, nice. it was, I thought it was very, very appropriate.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. So next week when I get a beer, I will make sure it's religion-themed in some way to make up for this week.
0: So why don't we uh, go ahead and, and crack those open?
1: All right, let's do it.
0: So Jeremy, uh, how have you been this week?
1: I've been pretty great been a busy summer so far went to firefly music festival and then a friend's wedding how about you
0: i have been furiously packing (laughs) and getting very little sleep
1: well you chose a great topic so yeah i'm I'm super
0: pumped for this topic so the two comics we're specifically going to discuss today the primary focus of them i wouldn't say is religion Um, But Mm -hmm. they definitely do take some really interesting approaches and touch upon some very interesting topics related to religion, especially one of them in American society today.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I think some of the best ways that comics have addressed religion are indirect in nature. Um, And I think of, I mean, it's kind of funny we have uh, a god as a, a... Superhero. We have Thor, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say the Thor comics really have a lot to say about religion. Uh, Th- Thor's presence doesn't really do much to shake up the monotheistic beliefs of the other superheroes around him, or anything like that.
0: Exactly. So, like, you if you take the example of Thor and you compare it to the the comic series, um, the 99, which is actually based off of um, Islamic and Arabic. I don't wanna say it's pure Islamic, it may just be Arabic. Um, one or the other. Uh mythology, um, it that that comic series is very, very much rooted in um the mythology that leads to these Islamic characters in the ninety nine. Uh whereas I don't you know, I think I think Norse mythology plays a part in discussing Thor, but it's not mm-hmm. The focus. So mm-hmm. um, I think those are two two different kind of poles of how comics deal with religious characters and religious themes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not so
1: much a, a comic book fan anymore, but I, I was early on. I'd, I'd say my the later part of my high school uh, uh, career, I got really into movies. But before that, early high school, late junior high, I was super into comics. And there were, uh, before we get into the two that we were talking about today, there were two looking back at what I used to read um, that stuck out to me that have pretty heavy religious themes. One of those is Daredevil. I think I started reading Daredevil because it was super violent. And that was a a fun, rebellious thing to do when you're 15 or 16. But it also, uh, a lot of the scenes in Daredevil are Daredevil talking to his priest. And uh, they do get into some pretty deep conversations about what the role of human agency is in carrying out God's will. Uh, and so there's that. And I think also I immediately thought of uh, Nightcrawler when you brought up yeah. this, um, this topic. Because I I mean, the X-Men are great, but Nightcrawler has always been one of my favorites. But he actually at one point, uh, besides just being a Catholic himself like Daredevil, Nightcrawler actually became a priest and got ordained and wore... The collar as part of his uniform, and you know the comics used to touch on his I struggles didn't know that. with yeah, and so it, that was really interesting to think back on i I thought I remembered that, and I looked it up, and yeah he he was uh, i mean it gets more complicated than that obviously because comics have sprawling stories, but he um a lot of that uh, the narrative surrounding that was him you know not just struggling with his faith but as a priest struggling to um, Remain celibate it was a big part of, the, of that arc too. So, um,
0: look, we're going to talk about Preacher, which is a series that came out uh, years ago, um, and it's written by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, and it is really, really dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and,
1: As a lot of '90s comics were.
0: Yeah. Um and uh, it came to my attention because of the new AMC series that started um, based off of the comic book. Um, so the the series, the TV show, and uh, the the comic book follows a, a Texan preacher, uh, and he is the reverend of a very rural Texas church. It's Custer, and right? Custer, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Jesse Custer is his name. Uh, And he is actually... I wouldn't say he's possessed because he does have... He does have his own agency. But he is inhabited by a spirit called Genesis that broke free from heaven. And Genesis is the offspring or byproduct of an angel-demon pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's this very interesting... One, on the one hand, it's, it's dealing with the concept of um, human fallibility because Jesse Custer is just not your average reverend. He does not toe the party line necessarily Mm -hmm. I'd say he's kind of a functioning alcoholic he also hangs out with a vampire named Cassidy and I know Jeremy has uh, watched a couple of the episodes of the new series and I'd love to get, uh, Jeremy Like, what do you think about it's its kind of treatment of religion and um, it's portrayal of Jesse as Jesse Custer as a reverend
1: yeah, well it is uh it's very violent. Uh but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily just violence for violence's sake. It, it it seems really interested in contrasting the sacred and the profane in some uh fascinating ways. Oh, I was just gonna say, so far the and the TV show, it it has been nice to see. I mean he it shows some funny interactions with uh his flock. Uh, and sort of day to day preacher things, which was nice and kind of funny to see, uh, <laughs> since he is actually a preacher. He has to deal with uh, people requesting sort of ridiculous things of him sometimes. But and it,
0: the fact of like losing uh, losing church attendance.
1: Yeah, so it seems interested in actually exploring not only the sort of day to day nitty gritty uh, religious group life, what it's like to be part of an organized religion, but it seems to also take his faith seriously and his struggles while of course they're over the top. And we have aspects of the, the comic book and the TV show that of course are, are kind of personified versions of things that Christians generally take to be metaphor or at least not manifest themselves in our world as much as they do in preacher. Uh, like angels and demons and uh, well and i guess later on god himself um well we'll see but this i have is, not gotten I to think, that part
0: i don't i mean we don't need to jump into this real quick but i think one of the fascinating aspects of preacher is like in so many other series or topic like uh publications and films and tv shows about that that deal with kind of like these religious themes and religious ideas is that God is gone, that God is just mm-hmm. left the building, <laughs> and and the mm-hmm. preacher is not the only show that does this. I mean the the old um, CW um, TV show Supernatural, God is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sci-fi the the Sci-Fi Channel series Dominion, God is gone. I mean I think that is a fascinating theme that that in order to really dive into any of these complex ideas about angels and demons and humanity's re- relationship with religion the key figure has to be absent
1: right Right, and I yeah, and preacher explores like what does that mean for justice? What does that mean for redemption, especially for Custer himself? But he's also not he's not just a preacher for show or something like that. I I don't know what I was expecting before um checking out the comics and before watching the show, but it's he's not It's not just a a plot device. Like, he is actually someone who chose to become ordained for a reason.
0: One of the things that I thought was really interesting is also this, this concept of a worthiness test. And I think that the TV series did it really well. Um... In episode one, where you see Genesis try to possess other religious figures, including Russian Satanists, which is hilarious right. to me. Um, <laughs> but that the the religious figures and the like the the, the the religious leaders reject Genesis and, gen- and can't house Genesis, but yet somehow mm. Jesse is able to, and I wonder how much of that has to do with his recognition and acknowledgement of his own fallibility as a human and that he isn't so good because genesis isn't Mm a isn't purely angel and isn't purely demon so in a way it's it's the pure essence of what humanity is good and bad
1: right yeah well and and going off of the idea of two things in one i brought up daredevil earlier and it it seems like preacher is almost a way to have the the hero not have to talk to his priest because he's a preacher it's it's a a very much of an an internal conflict instead of a dialogue between two people Uh, but it touches on very similar themes uh what is the role of violence what will god forgive and what won't god forgive and things like that so uh well and also the setting is very different we have you know, rural church as opposed to Hell's (laughs) Kitchen.
0: I also have to say, I think it's been very interesting how the series has portrayed the comic book. Because, you know, as as Jeremy and I have hinted at earlier, there are times where the visual film representations of a comic book series just are not well done. And I think... I think I there are a lot of people that would disagree with you, but we won't go into that.
1: No, 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 not, not, the, not the new Netflix show, the movie. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: Sorry, I was a Ben Affleck diss.
0: I was say, but I am a Jennifer Garner fan, so...
1: <laughs> as long as you're not an Evanescence fan. <laughs> oh. All right, well, uh...
0: That's we'll just move long. on past that.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How can you see into my eyes
0: like open doors? The next uh, comic is Miss Marvel, which uh, is written by G. Willow Wilson. Uh, and it's, a, you know, came out to wide acclaim and massive media attention. I, I think... This is probably one of the few comic book series, I think, that has received so much news coverage. Like, um, Yeah, I,
1: th- I think more so than any comic book that doesn't have a TV or movie show attached to it that I can think of.
0: It, exactly. Um, for those who don't know yet uh, and haven't seen all of the news coverage, Miss Marvel uh, covers a teenage superhero with shape-shifting abilities, and she's a Muslim. It's actually a reboot of an earlier series by the same name as Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the reason um, Kamal Khan is the name of the girl that is the the main character in the superhero. She takes the name Miss Marvel because of her inner shape shifting ability. She originally turns into and looks like the original Miss Marvel superhero, which is you know your skinny tall blonde white woman yeah Yeah. um but what's really interesting is kamal khan is a daughter of pakistani immigrants living in new jersey so she herself was is a born and raised american citizen um Mm -hmm. but she's you know one a teenager two a superhero and um is really wrestling with so many different aspects of her identity and i and i think maybe that's why it's gotten the series has gotten so much attention is mm-hmm. is its is there's this conversation about what does it mean to be um american and muslim and there's all of the stereotypes that are out there about the that identity and this comic book is attempting to combat those stereotypes and demonstrate that like Kamal Khan, or Miss Marvel, is just like any other teenager. She's dealing with, you know, growing up and finding her identity. Uh, She's dealing with the fact that she's the child of immigrants, just like so many people in this country have dealt with before. Um, And she's wrestling with, you know, parental authority.
1: (laughs) Right, and I think one of the most powerful things about that is that it portrays that struggle with religion in a robust way but doesn't for a second pretend like she has to give up being a Muslim in order to be a superhero.
0: Exactly and and what's really interesting is is religion really isn't the the focus of like the story.
1: Um, But from what I've read it there's a clear stance that actively tries to as you mentioned, sort of shatter media uh, uh, journalism sort of stereotypes about Muslims. And um, beyond uh, restrictions and things like that, um, it shows the ways that religion positively influences mm-hmm. her life. Like it talks about, you know, getting courage and strength and compassion and things like that exactly. from her her religion.
0: So I, I, I really think that that is a beautiful and fascinating treatment of what it means to be a young woman dealing mm-hmm. with all of these identity changes
1: right well and it's in, in and of itself it's great that she's a young woman mm-hmm. dealing with this all mm-hmm. the superheroes we've talked about up until now are all men so it's kind it's, of revolutionary on yeah. <laughs> two fronts
0: The fact that it is a woman and not just that it's you know there's the whole conversation that can be had about women in comic books and the whole um representation of women in comic books that's that's a whole other conversation but Mm -hmm. i think there is something very very particularly interesting about the fact that this I mean she's I don't want to call her a Muslim superhero because that's not what she is. She's not a Muslim superhero. She's just a mm-hmm. superhero who happens to also be Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is a really important part to the fact that it is she is a woman, and there tends to be this lack of acknowledgement and overlook of the agency and voice. Um, of Muslim women in the United States. And not mm-hmm. just Muslim women, but women of color and women of minority, like minority women. Mm-hmm. And that, they're, that they do have their own narrative and that they do have their own say and their own opinion and own views and own perceptions of everything that's going on in the world. But most often when you look at who gets interviewed for stories, about Islam, especially about like all the stories that focus on the hijab, or all the stories that talk about women's role in Islam, you don't really often hear women being quoted or being cited. So I, I think that is one of the amazing aspects of Miss Marvel.
1: And right, and and I think it's it's come out in numerous surveys and and, and studies that most Americans don't know any Muslims, mm-hmm. and that that can be one of the 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 drivers behind um, why it's so easy to accept stereotypes. So, uh, yeah, so I think this is a great comic to have for for people who might not have Muslim friends. This is a fully fleshed out uh, Muslim character, and even though she's not. Uh, real, the fact that so much thought has gone into uh, creating um, someone who could be real um, is definitely a positive thing for society.
0: But she's also so relatable, right? I mean, I I just in reading Miss Marvel, like my inner teenager connects with her. Um, and I kind of actually I want to share a, a quotation, a quote from an article, if I may. Written, um, written by Jeff Jackson who is a writer of the column Col- Comics Are My Religion he, he compares um, Kamal Khan's struggle as a teen and as a minority teen um, and how she's trying to figure out her identity. He actually relates that personal individual struggle to that of uh, the broader United States attempting to figure out who it is as a pluralistic society and i think that is probably one of the most beautiful readings of a superhero's identity struggle of taking taking what is being portrayed as an individual problem or an individual issue or an individual battle you know not just for miss marvel but for preacher for daredevil um, you know, in X-Men, all of these comic books as being a representative of a larger larger problem or struggle, not just for individuals, but for society and for groups of people. I think it's religion nerd moment. Yeah. You're a nerd. You're a nerd.
1: I mean, we haven't talked about this ahead of time, but I'm I assume that yours might be the same as mine. Uh, did you see the hashtag, if Trump were evangelical, that broke on Monday?
0: I have seen it, but I have not dived into it. I've, I've been um, with my head stuck in boxes.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. Well, it was pretty great. I got lots of chuckles out of it. Uh, basically, a bunch of... Uh, religion scholars who focus on evangelicals or current evangelicals or former evangelicals were all imagining uh, a world where Trump was evangelical in quite a funny way. Uh, I think my favorite was, if Trump were evangelical, he'd know, per Joshua, that when God gets involved, the walls come tumbling down. So, yeah, a bunch yes. of great stuff like that. yes. If Trump were evangelical, he'd have a childhood story in which he cried because he thought he'd been left behind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen there's a new one? There's now hashtag MethodistHillary.
1: No, I have not seen that one.
0: Uh hashtag MethodistHillary counts the social gospel among the fundamentals.
1: Uh Twitter can be fun sometimes.
0: When it's can not also... being
1: super mean or racist.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just like last last episode, if you have your own religion nerd moment, uh, tweet. You can tweet at Jeremy and me. Uh, use use the hashtag religion #ReligionNerd. Um, it's actually a very active hashtag on Twitter. One of these Somehow. days, one of these days, we will we will actually just go there for our religion nerd moment. Uh, yeah. rather than use stories from our own life but uh, you can tweet Jeremy
1: at Jeremy Fusey F-U-Z-Y is the last name
0: and you can tweet at me um, Ashley at D-A-T underscore Campbell C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L so that's it uh, This is this is it for this comics episode and uh, once again, you know, tweet at us uh, if you have a, not only just a religion nerd moment, but have any thoughts about comics and religion and comics. Uh, because
1: there's definitely a lot that we left out, because there's so many comics.
0: There's so much that we left out. Uh, but you could also uh, leave a comment on our show blog, which you can find at medium.com w-holy-media. And just like for episode one and for the show trailer, there will be some uh, show notes with some images and links to some really cool uh, comics and topics, issues that we talked about this episode.
1: Our next episode will be about both the Democratic and Republican National Conventions and the civil religion and patriotism that is tied up in those events.
0: So, thanks for listening. So it's really funny that this is the song, uh, the Evanescence song, because I actually have the sheet music for this song. Oh my god. And (laughs) I used to play it on the piano.
1: (laughs) That made my day, knowing that that's a thing. (laughs) And this is Holy Media.